Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome along. This is episode 16 of Life's Essentials with Prem Rawat. Thank you so much for listening. We're really, really grateful uh, for all of your kind comments online as well. Those are going down very well indeed. Now, this episode is Prem in conversation with students at United World College in Norway. He travels to Norway to talk to students of peace from all over the world about their lives, their hopes and fears for the future of the world. As ever, for more information, head over to premrawat.com. Thanks for listening. Um, my name is Bernarda Kakuleta, and I am from Angola, and I'm so thankful and honored to be here. Okay. Keep passing the torch. Hi. My name is Liv, I'm from Greenland, and I'm very honored to be here as well. My name is Eileen, I am from Argentina, and I am also very glad and honored to be here. Uh, my name is Julian, I'm from Belarus, and I feel tranquility right now. <laughs> my name is Fatimatu, I'm from Western Sahara, and I'm really glad to be here. My name is Bakina Sadlor, from Western Sahara, Glad to be here with you. Um, my name is Mace. I'm from Jordan slash Palestine. Um, also very glad to be here. My name is Chow. Uh, I'm from Vietnam and I've been waiting the whole long year just to be here. <laughs> yes. Summer from Canada and it's a dream come true this moment. We've been working for two years and here you are. <laughs> I'm Valentina from Italy, and I'm very grateful for this opportunity. My name is Emils, I'm from Latvia, and I'm really glad also that I'm here. Hey, my name is Tenzin. I'm originally from Tibet, but I was born in India, raised up in India. And yeah, uh, it's an honor to have you here. And I just can't wait to start the conversation, just moving forward. My name is Sarah, I'm from Sweden, and I'm super excited. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Van, I'm a first-year student from Cambodia. At the moment, I'm quite nervous, but um, I feel so fortunate to be in this peace circle with all of your presence. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and I'm Mark from France. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, the way it will go, actually, is we will have three themes. First, we'll start with uh, conflict zones, and there will be two stories 
from Chao and from Bekina and Fatima. And then we will move to piecework from Eileen, uh, from Argentina and New Bernarda. And then we'll move, if we still have time, we'll move to uh, Tenzin and uh, Valentina about personal peace. And basically, the idea that we have is that, and then we'll end with you, Summer, maybe asking a, a question or making a proposal or something. And the idea is that after each story, there is a chance for interaction with you. And uh, shall we start with you, Chao? So thank you, and uh, hello, everybody. Uh, again, I'm Chao from Vietnam. Well, um, I, 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 I grew up um, being taught that um, everyone should love his country, uh, should nurture and express his uh, patriotism. Um, I don't know yet what patriotism is and should be, but I have a strong opinion on what patriotism is not and should not be. Right now, my country, Vietnam, is involving in a sovereignty dispute, the South China Sea sovereignty dispute, with China, mainly with China. And um, it, it, this dispute is talked about almost everywhere in Vietnam, uh, on TV, at schools, in families, on the street. And to be frank, I spent a lot of time um, listening to the news, hating China and the Chinese. Well, um, but, but, but then, it's, I mean, it's incredible how long it took me just to realize that hating and speaking about hating really do not help. Uh, when, when I came here with uh, the encouragement of my teacher, Summer, I decided to learn more, to read more, and to try to understand as much as I could about the South China Sea conflict and its stakeholders. So I did my research on the conflict and I wrote a paper trying to answer what can be the first step to a settlement for the South China Sea dispute. And it was one of the most pressured learning experiences I have ever had in my life. Um, so after submitting my paper, I uh, Skype home and I, I told my parents. My father, he used to work in the military and uh, then become a history teacher. He's very much concerned about the South China Sea dispute too. So he asked me, so tell me, Chow, did the learning uh, make you love our country more? I said, yes, father, definitely. Um, and he asked, so did, did this learning, um, well, no, he jumped actually. He said, if the South China Sea dispute become an armed conflict, and violence occurs, would you come back home and fight for our country? And to be honest, I, I just answered without hesitation. I said, why should I that? Why, why should I be so willing to hate, to kill and to die? Aren't hating, killing and dying what make war? And why should I be so willing to make war when I am brave enough to choose peace and to believe that it can happen. He, he didn't say much in response. And then the next day I checked my email, uh, he wrote, which takes more courage, fighting 
or being peaceful. And he would be very happy if I'm asking you that question right now. Thank you. Very nice story. <laughs> well, what I would like to just, I mean, <laughs> uh, what you have hit upon is so many fundamental things. Fundamental things. I would like to quote Kabir. And he said, we came from the same place, landed in the same place. And then as soon as the wind of the world hit us, we became fractionalized. And I, when I think about that, it's like, that is amazing. Where do we come from? Who are we? 99% of us is hydrogen, oxygen, calcium, carbon, phosphorus, and nitrogen. 99%. That's who we are. So what is the similarity here between this and this? You think he's made out of something else? No. You think she's made out of something else? No. We have started to believe in things. And this is believing, not knowing. Because anybody who knows will say, hey, if this is what we're made out of, 99%, uh, this is what we're made out of, then you're made out of that, I'm made out of that, she's made out of that, he's made out of that. But we don't look at it that way. He is from Britain. I was born in India. Not, I was born on planet Earth. Which is the reality. But there is a belief, and the belief is there is a line. You know, sometimes when I fly, especially over the North Atlantic, I, one day, I actually made an announcement on the PA. I said, ladies and gentlemen, if you look to your left-hand side, you will see the spot where the Titanic sank. What are you going to see? <laughs> it sank. All you're going to see is the ocean. But what we don't realize, what we don't understand, is believing versus knowing. If we knew and, and, and went with what we know, you think we would not look at this as one world? Because that's the fact. Somebody draws a line somewhere and says, you are from this country and you are from that country, is purely believing. And people have died over it, and now nobody wants to let go of it. We don't understand and we are not ready to embrace, for some strange reason, the concept of, I am the citizen of this world. And therefore, we believe, and we believe, and we believe, 
and we believe and we believe and so in our believing we are ready to go for war. But not knowing, only in believing. And so I have to say, peace is for those who know, not believe. Believing takes no courage. Peace does. War Engaging in it is not wisdom. But engaging in peace is wisdom. And so, yes, it definitely takes more courage to have peace than to make war. Thank you, sir. I, I write an email to my dad. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Bakina from Western Sahara. I was born in the Saharawi refugee camps in Algeria. I grew up in the refugee camps and I had to leave to Algeria to study and to find the way to my life and to help my people. Fatimatu as well is from the same place. It is ongoing conflict between Polisario and Morocco. That's why our families are living as refugees in the exile in Algeria. So we both got, got our education from Algeria. And we, or me personally, I used to live how to educate myself in a peaceful way as I was born in a, an, a time where my people were waiting for the peaceful solution from the UN. So I grew up with the, peace, the word peace in my head and how can I achieve or how can I contribute in this, in achieving this term or manipulating peace in our life. So I continued my education in Algeria and last summer I came here and I found myself with, I mean, here in the United World College with many people, everyone has his own problem and own conflict and different backgrounds which they may, might be more difficult than mine. So for one year, I lived the peaceful life, actually, because we were talking peacefully. We were trying to discuss everything peacefully. So we created the peace here in this environment, in this very small place in Norway. Even many people don't know about this. So now I'm wondering when I go back, to the conflict place, to the place where everyone is waiting for peace. And I will say that I was living in a peaceful life for one year, but how can I contribute to make this peace be reflected in the life of the refugees and the thousand refugees who are living? So 
Now I'm living this dilemma that I believe in peace and I think I can do something and I can be peaceful with everyone. But how can like, the others believe that we can be in peace one day as long as we cannot do anything to solve the conflict, the ongoing conflict? And because some people, they think that living the way you want or believing peace is enough, but that's not enough, I think. Because I live in the refugee camps and we, we actually appreciate what we have because that's the only thing that we, we can. So my question to you is, what's the advice that you can give to both of us to do, to contribute to in education, peace education back home? Well, one of the things, the way to remove darkness, if there is a room and it's dark, is not to bring a pump into the room and try to pump out the darkness. Bring the light. And the light will simply remove the darkness. That's the law. That's the law. When people become aware of peace, it's a need. But most people don't understand that it's a need. They think the need is to have this, to have that, to be this, to be that. Nature abhors vacuum. No vacuum is allowed. If peace is not there, that space will be occupied by something else. And usually it is occupied by conflict. When generosity is not there, vacuum is not allowed. It is replaced by greed. Understanding, your understanding of yourself, and then people coming in contact with you and understanding a little bit about themselves, starting to look at themselves, not as the source for the greed, but the source for the generosity. Not the source for the conflict, but the source for peace. Not the source for doubt, but the source for clarity. Not the source of misunderstanding, but the source of understanding. That if you could be that mirror, then they would see their own beauty. Because this is, in reality, what every single human being is. You know, you look at the grass. It's easy to say, look, it's green over there. But you know what grass really is? It's not one thing. Go look at it closely, and you'll see it is made up of individual little plants. It's not just one thing. We look at this world situation and we go, oh, there it is. No, it's each one of us. Each one of us needs to have the understanding of peace. 
And yes, you're going to go back in the conflict zone. But the analogy there is, have you seen a lotus flower? A lotus flower can live in water that's very mucky, but it is clean. It remains clean. That's what you have to be. That's what you are. That's who you really are. You know, you say to me that you live for one year in peace. I don't know how old you are, but every one of those years you have wanted peace. You look at, you look at a baby, you look at a baby, and the baby cries because it has a need, and as soon as the need is satisfied, the baby stops. That need was there, and for that one year you realized it. It was not a foreign thing, it felt home, it felt good, it felt right. And you could see the difference. Maybe there was a time the people who are caught up in the conflicts don't see the difference between the conflict and anything else. This is what it is every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. But you saw it because you had the capacity to see it. Every human being has the capacity to see it. When you go back, be the candle, not the light. Be the candle. Hello, I'm Jack Beaumont. I do Crime Club. In series one, I spoke to people like this. Did you not kick a policeman in the head? Yeah, that was, when was that? I was 17. Wait, was I 17 or 19? I think I might have been 19, actually. In series two, I talked to people like this. There was a paedophile with one leg. I kicked him clean out his wheelchair. About four of us, I mean, we battered him. And this. Cheated on your boyfriend and give him gonorrhea? Do you want to go there, or would you rather not? Yeah, no, 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 I could talk about it. I have jingles like this. That's Crime Club, where strange people tell stories involving bad behaviour. New episodes out every Monday. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Yes. <laughs> yeah, thank you so, so much. Seriously. Um, I was thinking, like, next year I'm going, or this August, I'm going to university. And I'm thinking a lot whether to study uh, 
political science or not. And because my people, they are in need of me, because actually not a, there is not a lot of people who knows about our complex. And in the camps, we do have a lot of resources, like in our real, uh, like in the Sahara, in Western Sahara, but we, are, we don't use it at all. We depend on human, uh, on UN uh, help, something like this, and some organizations. So sometimes, if Europe now is having crisis, it, it will directly affect us. So we are depending on others more. So it makes us like really live with this fear all the time. And also, we are living in other lands. Like it's not ours, it's Algerian land. And they can use it whenever they want. And then they can kick, even though they are treating it really like nicely and like this, but they can kick as whenever, whenever they happen. want. And like when it comes to the real world, they work more about like it, when it comes to politics and like this, Algeria can change. Um, uh, uh, Algeria can change uh, their opinion at any time they want, and also the other countries like uh, Polisario, which is our government, they are representing as in peaceful way. They are waiting for peaceful solution, which can benefit both sides, Morocco and the Sahrawi people. So we are waiting and we are depending on others. So it means like, it's, it doesn't make you feel in peace at all because you are lying on others' land and like this, it's not. So I'm thinking to study uh, political science so I can contribute to this conflict a bit. I don't want war, I don't want anything, seriously. But my people, especially the youngest, they are thinking about this a lot. Because now they, are, they, are, uh, they have been affected more about the European crisis and also about the others, like the big countries' games, like from the US, French, and like this. And because we are a small population, we don't have voice. So it means that if we just shut up and then <laughs> do whatever Polisario is asking for us, like they are saying, because also you are weak, you have to. Like, you have to accept that peace. You have to, you know, contribute to the UN just with peaceful solutions so we can have really benefits, like really good benefits out of it. But I don't know what to do, like, when it comes, I, I'm not that much interested in politi uh, politics, but in a way I'm feeling that I have to because I am, like, one of the fewer students who had this opportunity, like studying outside of the country. So I don't know what to do. Oh, and no. I really don't want to be that politician. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, the reality of it is, and everybody who has two cents worth of brains knows that all these conflicts can be resolved. If it wasn't for greed, if it isn't for power, if it isn't for all these stupid reasons, all these conflicts can be resolved. You know, if you were to do math and give every human being, seven billion people, 10 square foot of space, how much land do you think it would occupy? And when you convert that and then convert it into acres, it's not that much. It's actually not that much. 
And I did one calculation. You can actually put pretty much everybody in the whole world, a 10 square feet a person, uh, in, in state of Rhode Island. This is the little place. <laughs> so, is there shortage of land? No. Is there shortage of food? 1.6 billion tons of food is wasted every single year. You know how much that is? That is half the world food production. It's wasted. And so many people, they are dying because of the... Exactly. You think there's shortage of water? But people are dying of thirst. People are dying of hunger. They don't have a little place of their own to call. You do, you do, you study, you become good at whatever is going to help your people. Of course you should do that. And maybe in that position, you can also bring about reflection on peace. And let the peace be your strength. Instead of greed, because there's a lot of politicians, not everyone, but there's a lot of politicians who love greed, who love power. Maybe you can grow up to be the politician who loves peace. And that would be wonderful. That would be remarkable. And you would bring about a change for your people that is based on the foundations that are strong, not weak, but are strong. What does the world do today? They make us afraid. They give us fear. That's the sword that they use. That's the weapon they use. If you don't do that, this is a To use love, to use understanding, to use knowledge, to use the human strengths, not fear, to uplift the people. That's the way it needs to be. And hopefully, you will do that. Thanks so much. Yes. Um, again, I am Eileen from Argentina. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about the project I'm making back home. It's uh, sort of near where I live, 100 kilometers. It's in the desert and it's a school. It's an indigenous school made by the community with any help from the government or anybody. They made them themselves. And what friends of mine, classmates and family and me, are doing this summer, it's working with them to keep on building the structure they have at the school so they can actually develop more activities. Like, because as it's really sunny and it's dangerous to be under the sun, they need a roof. So that's what we're doing, simply a roof. And so they could actually keep the traditions like ceramics or like textile making and all that. And we're doing so by staying with them and working with them. And I can find the connection with peace here, with the thing that it is connecting 
the two different sort of worlds that we might say. That is the community, like the indigenous people and the city people, which is always like, oh, them. They live there and we live here. It's always this, like, this contrast between us and them. So what I'm trying to do with all these people helping me is to sort of like reestablish this bounding between us. So it's no longer going to be like the indigenous and us, but it's going to be like we are still all Argentinians and we're still all human beings. And we're doing this by working together. In this case, it's just building a roof, but it is the fact of trying to coordinate and how to understand each other to say, so how do we do it? Because we're not going there like saying, okay, we are doing this and by using these materials and doing this structure, just going there and saying, okay, how do you want to do it? How do we do it? How do you know how to do it? Because I know cement and all concrete, but I don't know, there's things. So we're all going to learn a lot. And I think it's going to be really, really interesting for ourselves as persons to actually learn about how equal we all are. And I wanted to ask you, what do you think about that difference between us and them? How does that actually is related? Us and them is the biggest wall there is between people. But the wall is not made out of stone. The wall is actually made out of ignorance. Ignorance. We speak different languages, but do we say something different? We all, I mean, if my foot hurts, we can see, say it in French. It'll mean the same thing. My foot hurts. Proper English. You know? Karthik can say it in Hindi, in Tamil, but it means the same thing. We have all these walls that we have created that have absolutely no basis in fact. Who creates rich and poor? There are people who say God did that. And that is the most ignorant thing because it's a product of human beings. Human beings. Who has put them in a refugee camp? Human beings. Human beings. And if it wasn't for human beings, her study, studying political science would not help. She should become a preacher, a priest. But she's going to do more by enlightening people. This ignorance is what is dividing the world and stopping the world from uniting. 
When you can show people who they are, I do this. I was just in Argentina speaking and I had a little bottle in my pocket, about this big, and it had oxygen. I put water for hydrogen and oxygen. I had a little coal for carbon, a little chalk for calcium, and then phosphorus and nitrogen in a little bottle. And I took it out of my pocket and I said, 99% of you is this. Now fall in love with this. You want to fight with this? You want to fall in love with this? You want to say that this is inferior? You want to say this is superior? Remove the ignorance and people come together. And the wall is not made out of stone. So hammers won't help. Knowledge can remove that wall. And when it happens, it is the most uplifting thing for people, the most freeing thing for people that you can possibly imagine. You know? Yes, the in I, I know, I know this. The indigenous people, the this, and we are this, and we are this, and we are this, especially in Argentina, because everybody wants to be European. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just, when you look at a person, what do they want? They want to be happy. They want to be content. That's the bottom line. There's not that much difference. Who you are, who you're not, what you are, what you're not. It's not about this. You're a human being. That's who you are. You're a human being. We don't realize that for billions of light years, light years, 5.87 trillion miles a year is the speed of light. Light years, not one. They've been searching for life. They have cues and clues. Maybe it's there. Maybe it's there. Maybe it's there. Why are we so fast? I mean, Yes, we should explore. But why aren't we fascinated with where there is life? I mean, are you interested in life? Because I can tell you, you don't have to go around sending billion dollar probes. There is a place where there is life. Sometimes, it is just like this. We know more about the surface of the moon than the surface of the earth. You know, it is easier to point one finger at somebody. But look, how many are pointing at me? For every finger I point at somebody, there's three fingers pointing at me. When I say, look at yourself, three of them are going, look at yourself. And we don't look at what our potential is, who we are. Everybody else, everybody else. Who's responsible for bringing peace? 
Oh, there's going to be an angel. Some people truly believe that. There's going to be an angel that's going to descend. So I tell people the angel has come. They get very happy. Then I tell them it's you. <laughs> and you can bring peace to yourself. So learn the art of removing the wall of ignorance. And that's a beautiful art. Anybody can take a hammer, but the hammer on the wall of ignorance won't work. This is the wall that is invisible, but for sure it's there. And this wall of ignorance divides more people than actual walls do. So, I really hope you have fun doing that project and, 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 and bring some people together. It's not a matter of quantity, you know. It's only one sun that lights the earth. So it's not a matter of quantity. I mean, would it be better if we had a few? Ah, uh, no, <laughs> just one will do. And, and you be that sun to a few people, then maybe those few people can be the sun to a few more, and a few more, and a few more, and a few more, and they'll be light. opportunity, UWC gave me this opportunity 
And at the same time, we are giving this opportunity to these kids in Swaziland to go to school. And that's, I think, the point of peace, which is about feeling happy with what you do and to whom you are doing. Um, but my question to you is, um, when I was at home, I knew that, well, I, was, I couldn't really do much, but the people, I, I knew that the people around me could do anything and I could actually go to them, but um, there was um, nothing, there was no force that couldn't drive to go to these people and ask them uh, to help these people who are HIV. And um, I would like to know from you, uh, um, how could we help, or how could we serve, support these people who actually have these good ideas to help others, but they don't really have anyone around them? Well, in all circumstances, first of all, to help each other is fundamental. To life. When we stop helping another person who needs the help, it's anti-life. Life wants to go on. And so to me, it is the most natural thing to want to help. Secondly, it doesn't matter what happens, we all need our dignity. We need our dignity. When that is taken away from us, it is something that leaves us most helpless. When there is somebody who cares and wants to help, first thing you've got to do, I tell this to the doctors, Do not forget the dignity of the patient. So far you're alive, you're a human being. You must be treated like a human being. And when you say to somebody, I care, you change the equation. I care. It is not about the trinkets, it's not about the, you know, somebody who, who, who knows that they have a problem. They suffer through it every day. And you want to make their lives better. You don't have a magic formula. You know, there are people who come to me, they have cancer, they're dying. The first thing, You're still alive. And they look at me like, oh, I've been so caught up with death, I forgot I'm still alive. <laughs> and I said, till you are, you are. You know, a doctor tells somebody, you have six months to live. And everybody goes, <gasps> well, is it written on somebody's foot? when you are going to expire? You know, 
You think the death cares? No. But it's such a fantasy. Oh yes, I'm going to live till that. Even if you live for a hundred years, you know how many days that is? 36,000. 500. It's not that many. When you put it that way, it's not many. 75 years, 25,550. Not 250,000, 25,550. 75, average. We all need to give each other dignity. And to help each other is the most fundamental life. That's what it wants to do. However you can help. But first, bring about their dignity. They have lost it. And they have drugs now that can prolong the life, even with people with HIV for and maybe the cure is even around the corner. But they will never have a pill for dignity. That only one human being can give to another human being. Not a drug manufacturing company. So give that. Give the love, give the care, give the concern. You know... If the baby starts crying and the mother says, but honey, don't cry, I'm writing you a check for a million dollars. You will be set for life. No, it doesn't want that. It wants love, it wants caring, it wants... That's what it needs. Then we say we grow up. And somehow when we grow up, we don't need that. Wrong. We all do. We all do. And that's what you bring. You care. Gives them dignity. You at that moment become the best doctor. Thank you so much. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's my turn. So uh -huh. I grew in India, I was born in India. Despite the fact that me and you all being a part of this family humanity, I'm a person who always be myself, no matter what others say. I always try my level best to be that person. But um, since I'm a Buddhist follower, I really believe in our spiritual nature and his holiness to the level of teaching. When I will, wherever he go to speech, to give a speech, he first mentioned that before everything else, before meeting being Tibetan, before she being Swedish, before everything now, we are human beings. And I really like the idea of what you said as well, like we are from this planet, not from this country or not from that country, but this is the idea which people create. So it's really hard to now like I know what peace is, and back home, 
I, I grew up in a society where there's love, compassion, peace, everything. Like, and I'm really fortunate. I, I, I can't say like I must say I'm a fortunate guy. Didn't grow up, but it's really important to see both sides so that you can experience, so that you can tackle the problem when you face it. The interesting thing is that back home, I just learn, I just learn things and. I just practice it in my daily routine. Coming here, coming here, it's really, it's really beautiful that there are tons of people with different backgrounds, and life out here is really, really hectic. And the thing is that I introduce meditation. Not introduce. I just like encourage people to practice meditation, which is a kind of source of mental peace, which I really believe in, like the inner peace. To which we can expand it to a society piece. If you can create a mental peace within yourself, it's really, it's nearly impossible for the you know, far-reaching big goal of having a global peace. And we do practice meditation, and people tend to realize that this is the present you have to live. This is the moment which you only have. All the people, if you look carefully, like some people live. One hour, one second, one month in the past, regretting about the stuff. Just and some people live one month, one year in the future, fantasizing the future. I'm gonna do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. People hardly live present. People hardly live present. You know. That's what I really believe in inner peace, and I really appreciate whatever you're doing. And I, what love your documentary. Giving speeches in prison, which is a brilliant idea. The prisoners and the work you mentioned about we all being a prisoner, either from a prisoner of like hatred, ignorance. As you said, the man mentioned a lot of. We are human beings. We are born with hatred, ignorance, and stuff. I, I want to end up asking a question like, world peace is really, really subjective. I can define it in another way. Everyone else will come up with every definition. I just want to hear what a word "peace" means to you. Like, I can I know it, but I cannot define it. So I just wanted to hear your opinion. But well, that's the problem. Everybody wants to know <clears throat> in words what peace is. And it is exactly in words that it cannot be described. It has to be felt. I can say sugar. You know what sugar is because you've tasted it before. But did your mouth become sweet? This is a tool. This is a tool. But you have to know the limitations of this tool. What this cannot do, this can. And what this, and I mean the heart, what this can do, this can. If you want to pick up an ant 
you need small tweezers. If you try to bring a big crane, it's not going to be able to pick up an ant. The same way, peace is something that is fundamental. Fundamental. Do you see the foundation of this building? Is it there or not there? It better be there. <laughs> Otherwise, we should get out of this building real quick. You don't see it, but it is. You know it is there. Not believe. I believe I put the foundation in. No, you better be there. And in the same way, peace is in your heart. And that is the only place you're going to feel it. The world is interested in defining peace with the mind. It can do a lot, but it cannot make you feel that feeling. What has happened? We have gotten enamored by the glass and forgotten about the water. So, it is the, the glass clean, is the glass that got diamonds, is the glass this, it's the glass that, and everybody is singing the praises of the glass, and they have forgotten to sing the praises of the water. We need to start singing the praises of the water, because if there was no water, why do you need the glass? You know, Look at all this world. You called it a busy place, hectic place. It's also chaotic. Now, who made it chaotic? Human beings did. Human beings made it chaotic. We have come up with cell phones. We have come up with all this technology. But we have not yet understood who we are. There's an imbalance. And so far this imbalance remained the chaos will go on. I have a, 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 a demonstration. Uh, we have around us a circle of wisdom. And from Bernarda's group, we, I have a circle that I would like to, to give to you as a memory you. of our time together and the wisdom that we have created in this circle. And my, to put it on your wrist and to remember our time together, but my question is, how can we in the future continue with this work? We, it's been an honor for us to meet Mark at the beginning of the year, Paul, through Paul's help to bring us to you, and here you are, and this circle, and we would like in the future to do more of this work. We have all the world's conflicts here. We have all personal peace problems here. We have all the peace work Ideas, the, the, the image that you talked about of the leaf on the tree. We are the tree and these beautiful leaves in this room that are going to go forth. And my question is, how can we do this work in the future? It's a very practical question coming from a philosopher. You know, <laughs> <laughs> asking the practical questions. But I really hope that we can work in the future together. 
Well, where there is interest and when there is a thirst, water will be found. And that's all that is needed. Thirsty do find water because they drop everything else and this is what they focus on. And to see this interest, which is just so beautiful, you know, and in any which way I can help, um, it would be my pleasure. Because there's, I am interested in everybody being part of it. Everybody, everybody. I mean, that's, that's my focus. But there is so much of the, of the future here. And that they take that message, that they take that hope, you know. And, and, and in this dark world, we need as many candles as possible. And that's what I see here. And so whatever I can do, I would love to do. What are you going to do? I'll help. No, you'll help. <laughs> I mean... Um, As you already know, I travel a lot, but it would be very happy for me when I come across different situations or different ideas that I feel that would help the, the participants here. I would be happy to send a little video that you could show uh, specifically made for this um, because uh, I have been making little short videos uh, which I call SMV, short message video. So uh, I would, I can send those and then that, that would be one thing that I can think of, very practical, very easy, very simple, that you could then sit down and talk about and discuss and as, as, as I travel around the world. And, hmm. So that's the end and Really, uh, very, very good. Thank you from me, I guess. For all of you guys, it's really a very good chance to have you here and, uh, all the way from where you were and coming to the home. My pleasure. Thank you very much. It's very refreshing, very refreshing to see people interested in taking a positive step forward. And uh, so are you all graduating tomorrow? Uh, some of you? Yes. Some of you? So. You are. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, you know, you... Yes? Uh, so, like, the more I listen to you, the more but... Uh, I'd like to start from uh, the Mathematics um, conflict. You mentioned that, like, uh, about the land and the size and the number of people who can live or fit in that area and, like, the resources that can see them. But if everyone thinks that, um, like, uh, they can survive on that land, like, they have sufficient food, then if there are, like, uh, any point, no, what I, what I am saying by that analogy is that there's plenty of land for everybody. There is plenty of food for everybody. 
there is plenty of water for everybody. And in that environment of this planet Earth, which is a mother that gives and gives and gives, if people are having to die of hunger, it is unexcusable. Because there is no shortage. There is no shortage of anything. And yet, if people are creating a shortage, there is something wrong. So that's, that's the reason why I gave that analogy. That even when you say 70 billion people or 7 billion people on the face of this earth, that sounds like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, we, we must be running out of place to live. Actually, we're not. Okay, And we're not running out of food. There's more food now than there ever has been. But the greed is making it impossible for some people to live. And this is unexcusable. That's what I meant. So, but I, I suggest at some point we need to <laughs> close because there is the rest of the day unfolding in front of us. So... Again, I, mean, I know we all have so much, so many questions and also the, the passions to stay with you a little bit longer, but I think you also have to be uh, in your auditorium very soon. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you have more questions. You know why? Because you're thinking. That's good. That's good. Think and feel. Two things, not just one. There's nothing wrong in thinking and there's nothing wrong in feeling. And more balance you have of the two, more full your life will be. If you only feel and don't think, you're wasting a resource. And if you only think and don't feel, you're also wasting a resource. Balance. Feel, think. Feel, think. Think, feel. These abilities have been given to us and we need to know how to use them. Even anger. You have to learn how to use the anger. Be angry with anger. <laughs> be, be angry with anger. Okay? Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Life's Essentials with Prem Rawat. We'll be back soon with more episodes. In the meantime, it would be great if you could subscribe and give us a review as well. For more information, go to premrawat.com.
my name is Pete Ellison. This is Dave Cribb. Hello, and we do a podcast called Friends with Friends, as you might have guessed from the music that's playing underneath, uh, which is a sort of lo-fi rendition of the Friends theme tune for rights reasons. We get a different guest on every week on our podcast to talk about their favourite episode of Friends. And we look through in excruciating detail. We pick through levels of plots like no one has ever done before. So if you like Friends or just listening to people talking, which are both valid activities, do look us up on the old podcast apps and that friends with friends and we're on twitter at friends wf when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.